Securities and investment advisory services offered through Next Financial Group, member FINRA SIPC. Sierra Ridge Wealth Management is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is a price-weighted index of 30 actively traded blue-chip stocks. The S&P 500 is a market-cap-weighted index composed of the common stocks of 500 leading companies in leading industries of the U.S. economy. This material is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Past performance does not guarantee future performance. All the views expressed are those of Hunter and not those of Sierra Ridge Wealth Management or Next Financial Group. Next does not provide tax or legal advice. So many people get overwhelmed when they think about financial planning, investing, and wealth management. They think it's over their heads. They're intimidated. And you know what? Cut the music. Stop it. Don't worry. We'll show you the ropes. It's all good. This is the Wealth Accelerator Podcast. We're about more than just creating short-term wealth. We're all about creating a lasting family legacy. We're your go-to source for demystifying those intimidating financial topics. We're here to make the complex world of money simple, straightforward, and accessible. We'll break down the barriers that often make investing seem confusing and overwhelming. So whether you're a seasoned investor or just starting out on your financial journey, this podcast is for you. Tune in for valuable insights, actionable advice, and a whole lot of financial wisdom. This is the Wealth Accelerator Podcast, and this is Hunter Lowry. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Wealth Accelerator Podcast. Hunter Lowry here. I am a financial advisor, and my goal is to help you to create a family legacy, not just short-term wealth. All right, guys, you know what the nice thing about wintertime here is coming on? It's basketball season. Basketball season is back in action. I mean, don't get me wrong. Summertime's great. The nice long days, you can get home from work and still have four hours of daylight to do fun things. But sports-wise, just sports-watching-wise, it does get a little slow, at least for me. I'm not a huge baseball fan, although I did watch the World Series this year, probably watched 15 total innings or so, which is the most baseball I've watched probably in the last 10 years. But I mean, the Diamondbacks were in there, which I grew up in Arizona. So I guess I can say I'm kind of a fan a little bit. But really what ended up happening was a buddy was in town uh, from Arizona that we've known for a long time. He was a huge Diamondbacks fan. And we watched the first couple World Series games with him while he was up at the house. So uh, we kind of just kept it rolling since we had already started down that journey. But now, even though the days are getting shorter and shorter and it's getting colder in the mornings, I'm actually starting to finally have to let my truck defrost a little bit before I head out to the gym in the morning. At least we have basketball season. And I'm a huge University of Arizona Wildcat basketball fan, bear down. And also, really enjoy watching NBA games as well. Uh, I played basketball the most out of any sport, so I understand the intricacies of the game much more than I do when I'm watching, you know, baseball or football or something. Now, don't yell at me for saying this. I know I've only lived in Northern California for about six years now. I'm not saying that I'm a fan of this team and I'm no bandwagon, but I do really like watching Steph Curry and the Warriors. I mean, honestly, the guy is amazing. He's one of the best players the game has ever seen, and he's revolutionized basketball. Whether you like him or not, he definitely has changed the game. So we've never, and we may not for a long time, see somebody that has the shooting and scoring ability that this guy has. I mean, it's absolutely incredible to watch. So yes, you can catch me watching a lot of Warriors games, but I swear I'm not considering myself a Warriors fan. I just appreciate how they play the game. 
But, you know, Steph Curry's been in the league now for, what, 14, 15 years probably. It's been a long time. He's not a spring chicken anymore. And I haven't really seen any signs of him slowing down. But at some point, Father Time's going to catch up with him. We know that. For me, at least, though, I have a hard time even believing that he's a little bit of an older player and that he's been around for that long. Every single time he gets on the court, I just expect that they're going to win and Steph will probably put up 40 points. That's just what he does. And it's still happening. I mean, he's still he's still got it, but there's going to be a point in time where even though I expect him to go off and just score all the time, he's not going to be as dominant as he is right now. And we see it with a lot of athletes. I mean, look at Tiger Woods. Every time he enters a golf tournament, in my mind, I feel like he's going to win. Obviously, that isn't the case anymore. But you just hold these people to a certain standard. And once they fall below that threshold, it's hard to imagine them not being at the level they used to be. It's just strange. And I can't remember off the top of my head, but Tiger's scoring average back in the day, it was something like 67. I mean, it was absolutely insane. That was just his scoring average. And we all got so used to that that now if he does anything worse, you still feel surprised. But there are really a lot of outside influences that can change the stock of an athlete. Injuries, age, family life, team chemistry issues, coaching changes, mental ruts. I mean, there are all sorts of variables. Well, you know, there's a behavioral finance concept that's called anchoring, and it's basically identical with how we view all these athletes as well. So what does this mean with stocks then? So imagine you're at the golf course and your buddy says, hey man, I'm telling you, Disney is the buy right now. They have all this good stuff going on for them. The stock's going to kill it this year. I'm telling you, you need to buy it. So you go home, you do a little bit of research, and you find all these things that you agree with. So you buy the stock for 150 bucks. Well, all of a sudden, some bad news comes out. They're not getting as many visitors to the, uh, to the theme parks as they would like. They get some downgrades from buy to hold, and the stock starts falling. All of a sudden, it's trading for 130 115 100 but in your mind, it has to come back. The real value of the stock should be around 150 where you bought it. Everybody said it's going to go up from there, so it has to come back to at least 150 So you hold on to it, and you hold on to it, and you use my least favorite investing method ever, which is called hold and hope. I see this one happen when I'm meeting with new clients and reviewing statements. Sometimes they'll have one or two stock positions that are way down. And I'll ask them about if they want to keep them or really what their overall thoughts are. And the answer a lot of times will be, well, I bought it at 80 bucks a long time ago and the analyst price targets are all the way up at 130. So if we get back to that 130 number where it should be, I'm going to make a lot of money. But just because that's what the analyst says or because the experts say that the stock or sector should take off does not mean that it's going to happen. The markets don't have to act rationally. They do not have to trade based on the fair value of positions. The stock market really can stay irrational much longer than most investors can stay solvent. I want to say that again because I think that's a really, really powerful line that a lot of people don't think about. The stock market can stay irrational much longer than most investors can stay solvent. And actually, it's good timing. It's a good time of year right now to be looking at your hold and hope positions and seeing if it makes sense to sell them or not, especially towards the end of the year like this with non-retirement accounts. You have the ability to do some tax loss harvesting because remember, within non-retirement accounts, you pay taxes annually 
based on the realized gains in your account. Remember though, this is realized gains, which a realized gain or loss only happens when you sell a position. If you're up 50% and you never sell anything, there's no realized gain. It's an unrealized gain. So you don't pay taxes on that. But when you hit the sell button, you are locking in that gain or loss. Again, within non-retirement accounts. You're going to be also paying short-term or long-term capital gains taxes on these positions, depending on if you held it for one year or less or a year or longer is going to determine that portion of it. But let's just say this year you hold a couple of the magnificent of the Magnificent Seven in your portfolio. You sold some shares and maybe you realized $80,000 of long-term capital gains, let's say. And maybe you have a hold and hope position that's down and you've lost 40,000 in it. If you also have held that position for longer than a year, you could sell it and decrease your tax liability from 80,000 down to 40,000. So this is a good exercise to do and honestly, it's really important if you are trading within non-retirement accounts. Because it's actually possible to lose money in an account throughout the year. Some of your stocks went down, but you went in and sold a couple positions out of gain. And now all of a sudden you're paying taxes on an account that lost money. So two main takeaways from today. Markets are not always rational. And just because we think we know the fair market value of a position does not always mean that they're going to go back to that price. Second, Always keep an eye out on your non-retirement accounts and make sure you understand the tax consequences of your trading for the end of the year. And if you would ever like help talking about your specific financial goals and making sure that you're currently on the right path to reach all those goals, you can always book an Ask Me Anything session at my website, hunterlowry.com. There's a link to my personal calendar there. I would love to meet you and love to help you out. All right, everybody, with that, it is a great day to have a great day. Take care. You've been listening to the Wealth Accelerator Podcast. Hunter is a fully licensed financial advisor, and his mission is to equip you with the knowledge and insights you need to make informed financial decisions. His goal is to break down those barriers that often make investing seem confusing and overwhelming. If you'd like to talk about your specific situation, you can contact Hunter directly. Yes, you heard it right. Head on over to HunterLowry.com to book a call. Let's discuss your financial goals and how we can help you achieve them. Get ready to create that lasting legacy. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to like, rate, and review. Find Hunter on Facebook and Instagram at Hunter Lowry. See you next time on the Wealth Accelerator Podcast.